Good morning. Good morning. If you have a prayer request, would you um, raise your hand and whoever our ushers are today? I can't tell right now because everybody's back there talking. Okay, I see. All right. Then, uh, if you will, you can get our prayer request. The only announcement I have is a reminder about Wonderful Wednesdays, which is this Wednesday. And just if you have, need more information about that, see uh, Katie. Otherwise, we are ready to worship on this Pentecost Sunday. Amen. <laughs> Good morning. Will you stand and let's sing together? How many names can I use to explain the love of my Jesus, the life that He gave, and so many times.
Lord, we thank you so much for being that for us, for being our Savior, for coming just to rescue us. And not just one time, Lord, but every single time that we need you, you are there. You are there for us just to rescue us and hold us tightly. And we thank you for that. Lord, we hold on to you. And we just keep you so close to us in our hearts. Don't let us drift away. Don't let us run astray. Lord, just help us to stay close to you no matter what. Because you're the only person that can guide us through this thing called life. We are so blessed to have you. We are so, just so blessed. And we thank you so much for being a part of our lives. Lord, we just try to praise you in everything that we do with our acts and with our, our words and with our song. Lord, we lift everything up to you. In your own name we pray. Amen.
He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, heroes and conquerors. Good morning. And children, come join us on the carpet. So this morning, I'm going to say to you, happy summer. Who here is officially out of school? Raise your hand. Fantastic. Pastor Joseph is too. He's out of school. That's so exciting. Um, whose last day was this week? Whose last day was last week or the week before? Awesome. Mine too, Mom. You're graduated. You're so young. Um, so, the summer. The summer for some of us means summer camps. Maybe some are going to some like a daycare facility. Some means staying home with mom or dad. Anybody staying home with mom or dad? Some days? Okay. Well, <clears throat> yes, I know, Ryan. We're going to be home together a lot. And so, Mama decided that we needed to have a phrase for the summer. Something that we could think about that would be our focus for the summer. And Ryan, what, is our, what are our words for the summer? Happy, healthy, and helpful. That's right. Happy, healthy, and helpful. So I thought, well, we have got two young kids and a mama, and so we've got to definitely focus on being happy together because we can get on each other's nerves sometimes and we can have a lot of family time. So if we think about being happy, we'll be good. Healthy. We're going to eat more fruits and vegetables for snacks, and we're going to play outside a lot. We're not going to spend a lot of time inside. So we're going to be healthy, okay, and helpful. What You know what? We like to play outside in the rain. Our neighbors have this fun thing that they do. They play out in the rain, and so we decided to adopt it as well. And then 
happy, healthy, helpful. We're going to help each other. The kids are going to help me keep the house clean and do chores. And we're going to be happy about it. <laughs> so does anybody else have a theme for the summer, a word? Caroline, what's yours? Renew. Renew. Is there a Bible verse that goes along with that? Yeah. Yeah, do you remember what it is? Okay, I do. It is Romans um, 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Is that right, Eli? We're not yeah. Okay, they're not out yet. Um, so, you guys have a theme, too. Does anybody else have a theme? You know what? I think you guys should come up with themes for the summer. Be it words or a Bible verse or a song. I think that would be a good idea because that will help us remember how to focus our mind and our attention and our energy. What do you guys think? Could you guys, can I challenge you, the rest of you, to come up with um, something, a motto to think about for the summer? That was, an, that was just a yes all the way around. All right. You guys are into my Bible, aren't you? That is so cool. Okay, let's say a prayer. You ready? Dear God, thank you for the summer. And thank you for the freedom that we have. And help us to keep focused on you and helping each other. All right, in Jesus' name, amen. Good job. Next week is Father's Day. Next Sunday, a number of our members will not be here because they'll be on a mission trip. So I want to call up those who are here who are going on the mission trip to come up and stand here in front of the altar and let me have a prayer with you, including the adult adults that are going. And this is by not, not all everybody, but it's everybody who's here this morning. Let us bow our heads. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who, have, who are willing to go on mission trips, O oh Lord. We thank you for the time that they have. We pray, O oh Lord, that not only will they be spiritually enriched, but that those that they work with will see the hands, the feet, the face, and the love of Christ in their actions. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would give, us, give them safe journeys there and back, and that we 
would be not anxious, those who are, of us who are here uh, left, waiting for them to come back to us. We pray, O oh Lord, that all these things in your blessed name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. Let's give these folks a call. Let us bow our heads. O oh, Creator God, you have made all things on the earth, and we are your people, and we come this day to praise and offer our thanksgiving. You are also a Redeemer God. You, you freed us from sin and death. And you promised us that we would be filled, that all our needs would be met if we only had faith. And so you sent to us your Holy Spirit. So you are also a sustainer God who sustains us even now as we celebrate that gift on this Pentecost Sunday. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for our selfish ways. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for those things that we've done that have not honored you. And help us again to know that we are people of your Spirit. And let that same Spirit give us power to bring and build up the church everywhere that we go. And help us, O oh Lord, to proclaim you as our Christ. And given us such a great gift, you've also given us a responsibility to care for each other. And so, as just as we're filled this day with uh, your uh, fiery spirit, so bring that same fiery spirit to bear upon and to share grace with those this day who may suffer, whether they suffer in power, uh, in body or spirit or mind. We pray that you receive them in your mercy and make them whole. And we pray especially for our friend Shannon who's recovering from a neck injury. We pray especially for a friend struggling with health issues. We pray, oh God, for a successful knee replacement surgery. We pray, oh Lord, for a positive outcome for a daughter's job interview uh, this Wednesday. We pray, O oh Lord, for this and many things, and we pray now in our hearts those things that are on our minds. O oh God, hear us, for we offer our prayer in your name, and we pray in the unity of the Spirit with one voice as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and Acts 2 describes this in great detail, the whole chapter, but I'm only going to read a few verses. Remember from last week, I told you that Jesus ascended to heaven and told the disciples to go and wait for the promised Holy Spirit. And they waited for 10 days, which was, I'm sure, must have seemed like an eternity to them. And then the day came, and here is what the Scripture says. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together 
in one place. That's an important thing to remember. For us to receive the power that the Lord wants to give us, it's important for us to be unified and together in a place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we know from the rest of the chapter that this fiery spirit that came upon them led to a massive outpouring of evangelistic effort and spread the word of God and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It left that place and went indeed to the ends of the earth. And that same spirit enables us today and is with us and encourages us. And Lord, we thank you for that spirit. Help us to see how we need to regain that spirit even more this day. We pray in your name. Amen. I don't know how many of you... Um, I know a lot of you listen to Christian radio, and I'm not sure how many of you listen to also uh, commentaries and read Christian books and things like that. But there is a person named Leonard Sweet, who is a, a well-known author and seminary professor who writes many books. And if you, I would just tell you sometime, get on Amazon and write, and just click his name. You can pick any book he's written, order it and buy it and read it, and you will be amazed. Uh, he's he's a great great author. But one of the things that is on his mind a lot is the church today and how we go about doing our business and how we go about ministering to the world. And he's, he's written that it is probably more difficult today than ever before for the, for the church to minister in effective ways. That the church faces challenges that were not even thought about even, say, 20 years ago. And he writes and says that if we are to be effective uh, as those people that first Pentecost Sunday, then we need to go back and study and think about what they did on that first uh, Pentecost Sunday in those first years, that first century. What did they do? What did they practice? How were they able? Think about what they didn't have to make effective means of communication like we have. And yet they were able to spread the fire of the church. Uh, so the fact is that if it wasn't for those folks who founded the church, you got to remember they, they lived, they ate, they slept, they ministered with Jesus, many of them. Uh, they were with God in the flesh for at least three years, many of them. They had the very fire of God with them, the Holy Spirit, which descended on their heads on Pentecost Sunday. They were faithful and obedient to God. And all that we hold dear 
Everything we hold dear today as Christian people really is because of these people who started the church, who loved Jesus Christ more than anything else. And they loved Jesus to the point that they even gave up their lives in some cases and suffered greatly to establish the faith. And in my book, that qualifies them to be a guide for us, to be a guide for me and a guide for you as we struggle to worship God in our time and to minister to the world and to spread uh, the holiness of the gospel message and the love of God is found in Christ Jesus. The book of Acts is really the book of the church. And in it you'll find very many examples of the church and how it grew and what happened and how they practiced the faith. And it seems to me that what they did is very simple. They were authentic in their worship. They were authentic. They were real. They, they, they were real in their worship. I wish that uh, everybody in the denomination would, have, would go to the annual conference and spend at least, go through at least one worship service at annual conference every year. I just returned from annual conference. We have one fired up bishop who wants us to dream God-sized dreams and he doesn't want anything less than that. But the worship is real. The worship is real. It's spontaneous. Uh, and it's, uh, it's really uh, important, I think, uh, to have that experience. But for us to talk about what worship, what real worship is, we have to kind of talk about what worship, what real worship isn't. Authentic worship is not about what makes us feel good. We need to understand something very clearly here this morning. True worship isn't about any particular style. God's main interest is that we worship Him. Real worship is about giving to God, not getting from God. Real worship is about pleasing God, not having God please us. And the first century church knew that worship was really, when you boil it down, an attitude of the heart. An attitude of the heart trying to please God. Ephesians 5, 18 says it this way, and I think it says it pretty good. It says, the people should be filled with the Spirit. They should speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Can you imagine thinking about that? Think about a musical, a Broadway play, or a musical that you might have seen, where all the, the, the communication, all the talking is singing back and forth, when everybody sings. Hello, I see you, I love you, I'm so happy to meet you today. You see what I'm saying? Whenever you want to, think about it, think about it. The spiritual singing is what they said, where the people did when they came together. They did, then they sang and made melody in their hearts to the Lord. They greeted each other in a spiritual singing, and then they sang out of their hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. Now listen to that. Giving thanks always for all things, no matter what it is. You see, this is the authentic worship that was described by those early Christians. Imagine that. Imagine being so excited about worship that you sing your greeting to each other.
You know what kind of music God loves the most? Whatever kind that will cause you to sing. You know what version of the Bible God loves the most? Whichever one that you'll dig into that will help you turn your heart to God. Do you know what kind of worship God wants us to have? The kind that points our hearts towards Jesus Christ. You see, friends, worship is just a vehicle to get us closer to God's heart. And when we get too hung up on what we want or like, uh, we begin to think that God can only be worshipped in a particular way. When we do that, we ch turn the church into a showboat rather than a lifeboat. The church has always been a lifeboat for people struggling, uh, no matter what they're struggling with. So authentic worship is not about crowd-pleasing. I guarantee you that the early Christians were not about pleasing the crowd. You know, too many times we're afraid to tell people the truth. But the Scripture says we're to speak the truth in love. We try not to offend anyone. We're afraid almost to speak of our faith. But I'll tell you right now, I, I, tell you, I guarantee you this morning that you can't preach or teach or talk about Jesus without stirring something up. It's the nature of it. The Lord demands response. When the gospel message is preached, it demands response. You can't help but respond either for or against it. Later in this chapter, which I didn't read, and I commend this chapter to your reading today in your devotion time, Peter stood up to preach. After the Holy Spirit had descended upon him, Peter, the one who denied Jesus, the one who was afraid to speak his name in public to anyone, stood up to preach in front of a bunch of strangers. And he stands boldly up and he preaches. And Act 2 verse 36 says that he preached to the crowd and said, Let you, you need to know that God has made Jesus, the one you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter put it to him. He wasn't afraid to say to the very ones who had crucified Jesus that God has made that person Lord and Christ. He spoke the truth boldly. He spoke it bluntly. And look at this. There's a response to what he said. Verse 37, the response. It says, when they heard this, all right, you fill in the blank. What do you think they might have said? They could have said anything, but this is what they said. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. You see, when you are bold in your witness, it brings a response. In this case, it cut to the quick. They realized that they had been part of the wrong crowd that had crucified Jesus. So don't be afraid to be bold. In fact, Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Friends, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You might be the only scripture anyone reads today, tomorrow, or next week. You, how you act, how you speak, how you're bold in the faith. You might be the only scripture someone ever reads. 
Tom Rainier was the former dean of the Billy Graham School of Evangelism. And he surveyed over 4,000 churches during a course of nine years uh, while he was dean. And he came up with several characteristics of churches that were effective in reaching people for Jesus Christ. And he put those in a book. And let me just share with you some briefly, three of them. First, he said, an important thing is to be clear and have conviction of your doctrine. In other words, be clear what you believe. I believe in Jesus Christ, dead, buried, resurrected. Okay? Be clear in what you believe. Have conviction of your doctrine. You know, don't go, well, I don't really know how, I'm not sure if I believe it, that or not. You know, that's going to convince a lot of people. Be convicted of your doctrine. People want to know what you believe. The second thing is be spirit-filled. Be spirit-filled. People don't want to be petted or stroked or told that everything's okay. That's all right when a little child hurts, cuts their little finger or something. But adults want to hear spirit-filled conviction and clarity in speaking. Deep down, people are searching for the truth that Jesus will set them free. A third characteristic is this. Churches that are reaching people have intentional evangelism, mission, and outreach efforts. They don't just leave it to chance. They have plans in place. They have intentional programs to do these things. And they fall through with them and they make them happen. These are the churches that cast the net for Jesus. They're not afraid to talk about the Lord. They're not afraid to talk about their faith. And they want to see people accept Jesus as Savior because they know that's the most important decision they'll ever make in their life. And so they're intentional, intentional about inviting people to come and experience the love of God as found in Christ through Christ's holy church. So friends, authentic real worship was never about crowd pleasing, not in the first century, not the 21st century. It's not about just pew sitting either. It amazes me how many people attend, will attend a major sporting event, but will never set foot in a church. It's also amazing to me how people who attend sporting events never stay in their seats. Now think about this. I've attended both Clemson and South Carolina football. And I tell you right now, my legs were always worn out by the time I got home from being stood up almost the entire game, cheering. Can you imagine, though, how oftentimes people say, make excuses about coming to church? Have you ever thought about the excuses that they make about coming to church? Could you imagine if they said this about going to a sporting event? Let me offer you a few and, see what, and see if you can make the connection. Can you imagine some fans saying, I'm never going to go to a sporting event again because the people beside of me were not friendly. Or it's too hot. Or it's too cold. Or the game went into overtime and I was late getting home, I'm never going back. Or the music that was played was something I didn't know and didn't like. I like this one especially. 
My parents took me to so many games when I was growing up, I don't want to go to another one. <laughs> and here's, here's the real kicker. I don't take my kids to any games because I want them to make their own choices about teams that they'll support. See how ridiculous that sounds? Just think about them for a moment. Think about that last one for a moment, for a long time. Think about that. You know, the other thing that kind of drives me nuts is how people will scream, holler, shake, shout, jump up and down and cheer for almost anything. Wow! Did you see him drop that pass? Wow! Wow! Hey, let's get up and try five. But when they're in church, they're so often like a couch potato. They never repeat a word. They never join in the prayers. They never sing a song. And if they would say amen, most of us would pass completely out. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> One time I was in a church preaching and the choir was sitting behind me. And all of a sudden, and I honestly, I thought everybody was dead out there in the congregation. And I was, uh, I don't know, I was preaching away. And all of a sudden, a man behind me said, Amen, and I liked to fell out. I honestly did. Five other people woke up. Have you ever wondered what it makes God feel like when we get more excited about hunting, fishing, trip to the mall, trip to the lake, a good movie, a race, you name it, put it in there, than we do for the Son who died for our sins? Authentic worship isn't about pew seating. You know, I, I have actually been in churches where some people thought that just because they got dressed up and they showed up to church, that somehow or another they had impressed God and they wanted me to be impressed. And I used to think to myself, you know, God's not up in heaven looking at the angels and saying, Hey, look down there. My man Bubba came to church this morning. Boy, I am so proud of him just sitting there and doing nothing. Whoopee. Angels, high five. I don't think that happens. But if you want to impress God this morning, then get up and worship. Don't be afraid to say amen. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. Don't be afraid to jump up and shout. You don't have to be afraid of that over here. Maybe over in the sanctuary. <laughs> but not over here. You don't have to be. I dare say you don't have to be over there. I tell you that's why you should go to annual conference sometime. Because it's a church gathering of Methodist Crown, South Carolina. And when worship happens, do you think they sit in the pews with their hands down? No. Even some of us old white boys have to learn how to clap in time. All right? Stop focusing on what God can do for you. Don't focus on what someone did or did not do to you. Focus on God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And what we do here is not about me. It's not about you. It never was. It's about Jesus Christ. It always has been. And God deserves our worship. And we deserve His loving touch of the Holy Spirit. We need it. And so we need to give God the worship He deserves. So this Pentecost Sunday, I want you to go out of here fired up for Jesus. Just like they did 
all those years ago. They were fired up for Jesus. Give the glory to Jesus. Can we have one more amen? Amen. amen. All right, let's stand up and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Just as the, word, as the ushers will come forward and receive our offerings, and just to, something I forgot to say at the beginning, is that we are baptizing Graham Duncan at the 11 o'clock service. Set me free 
So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be because I don't have to be the old man inside of me. His day is long dead and gone because I've got a new name, a new life. I'm not the same, and a hope. Stand, let's sing together. There's a difference between faith and one night. 
who you're gonna be. It's who you're going to be because you're blessed every day by knowing the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great week. <laughs>